0: Welcome back to Analyzing Acme, a series part of the Rebuild Bull podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile. And in today's episode, we're looking at a moment that I know still to this day gets a lot of different reaction from Bulls fans. And it's the decision that Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley made in the summer of 2022 to re-sign Zach Levine to a max contract. Now, I think it's important to point out The discussion we're going to have here today is not about re-signing Zach Levine to a new contract. It's about signing him to a max contract. And that's where I think there's always been some interesting debate going on. And I think I always look at the world of sports media, especially the world of Chicago sports media. Seems like in the traditional media space, newspapers, sports radio, um, there's been backlash with Zach being a max player. And even at the time when he was given that contract, there was some hesitation. Uh, I know with uh, some of the local sports media, guys like uh, Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes, they weren't really big fans of giving Zach Levine a max contract. I feel like in some of the newer media podcast space, some of the uh, deep dive blogs and, and analytics blogs, in those spaces, it seemed like you know, a lot of them were, were OK with the idea of giving Zach Levine a max contract as long as you continue to make other supplementary moves on the roster. But again, here we are a year and a half later, and there's still a lot of interesting discourse about that decision. And you know, here we are doing this episode, and the discussion now is about trading Zach Levine. So, you know, I think it's safe to say that you want to have your max guys part of your championship core. And as the Bulls sit here now, under 500, looking like a team that's headed more for a rebuild and a reset, it looks like that decision is going to maybe not be the best one that was made. But that's where we stand today. So to talk about this topic, I'm bringing out one of my Favorite guests and the clubhouse leader and the most appearances on the Rebuildable podcast from Bulls Gold, Salim Sertorala, Salim. Welcome back.
1: How's it going, man? It's always a pleasure to join you. Uh, you always do a really great job with the questions, the interview questions that you come up with, the topics in general that you come up with uh, are always unique and you know interesting to deep dive into and get a, a good conversation starting. So I really appreciate. Uh, whenever you have me on. Yeah, man. And and this was a topic I was really
0: chomping at the bit to have you on for. Um, Because I, I remember listening to episodes of Bulls Gold. I think even having you on some of the Rebuildable episodes. Like in 2021. And kind of in the beginning of that 2022 season. I kind of remember talking about this topic with you. And and I think it's it's nice now to go back with the benefit of hindsight uh, during this series and this event or this, this pivotal moment, Um, you know, it's been interesting doing these episodes because in just a four season span, there's a lot of these interesting decisions that we can go back and look at and reflect on Um, to start the conversation with you. I want to go back to say like 2019, 2020, somewhere around there. And at this point, Zach, you know, he re-signed with the Bulls because Garpacks matched the contract offer that came from the Sacramento Kings. And I feel like Zach, from that moment, had a a chip on his shoulder. And really, you start to see incremental growth in those seasons kind of leading up to, you know, the COVID shutdown and and the change in the front office. At that point, 2019-2020, what did you think Zach Levine's ceiling was going to be?
1: You know, I, I at the time, I thought he could get into like that top 25, 20 type of player because I thought maybe he could learn from DeMar on how to close games, especially protecting the ball um, with the way he goes about handling the ball and things like that. In a lot of one-on-one situations. I thought he could probably learn from DeMar and maybe get better at that. Um, the defensive end was always like, okay, well, I think Zach is at least trying more so now. And at at a point he became kind of like a wash to below average defensively when he was actually putting in the effort and the Bulls were putting him in. You know, the, the role that he had at times defensively, it wasn't like a primary on-ball guy, like a point-of-attack guy like the, what the, the responsibilities they were giving him, he was like, you know, a wash there and he wasn't really a, coming up as a negative defensively per se. And offensively, obviously he was very efficient, a high volume efficient scorer. So, you know, I expected like, yeah, he'll learn from Demar how to control the ball late in the game, not turn it over, be turned turn prone, prone, um, make smarter decisions uh when he has a ball in his hand, I thought those things would happen and would see kind of like that top twenty, twenty-five area, him getting into that. Uh, but unfortunately that never really happened. Like he never he never learned how to be trustworthy in late game situations to be had the ball in his hand. It's always Zach has to be off ball. He just can't you can't give him the ball, he'll he'll end up doing something silly with it. But yeah, that's that's what I thought. And my one at that time that he could probably get to.
0: Yeah. And I, I kind of remember like talking about that with you at that time too. Like we, we kind of, I think we're both on the same, same wavelength. I, I think around that time, like that's when Zach started winning me over. I, I was always sort of you know, open to the idea of, of trading him for recouping assets. But uh, I, I think I started to, he started to win me over where I, I saw him part of a core. Um And I guess, like, did you see that too at that point? And I, I don't ask a lot of yes or no questions, but was the idea of him being part of a championship core maybe not the piece, but part of it, like a one A, a number two? Like, is that sort of what you yeah. also envisioned as top twenty, top twenty five guys usually are? Yeah,
1: like someone that could be, like, I, I, like someone that could be a solid number two to a one. I know obviously Demar isn't a number one, in like as of title contenders go. But, yeah, I thought he could be that solid number two. If Like, what the Bulls are doing, like, let's say if the Bulls could keep winning and, and then, you know, you, you, you're consistently a top four or five team, and then all of a sudden a star becomes available. It's like, oh, I want to go play in Chicago because, you know, they have all these other things, but they just need that one more thing, you know, one more that what lead piece. Like, I was like hoping, oh, maybe Kevin Durant would want to come here, you know, something like that. I was, that's what I was thinking. Mm. um and Zach would fit in well you know as that number two or or a one B or whatever you want to call it um but yeah that's that was my thought process behind Zach extending him and trying to continue to you know do this you know try to a win now product if you will
0: mm. so let, let's go to Acme's first season this is the 2020 21 season coming out of like the the bubble. So Levine becomes an all-star that year. His first nod as an all-star. And I think it was clear they saw him as part of their core to, you know, build a a championship or playoff contending team. And they make that first big move, of course, acquiring Vooch at the deadline. And they seem poised to build at least at that time. Like, so kind of pretending like DeMar's not even in the picture. It seems like they're going to build with those two. Like most Bulls fans are seeing that's that's definitely the plan. At that time, so before we even get into the free agency frenzy that happens, what did you think they were going to surround Zach with and, and Vooch with at that point? Um, or what did you want them to surround him with? to kind of help build that team up to a playoff team.
1: Well, Lonzo for sure. I was, I was all in on Lonzo. Cause I thought they could have, they would have, were going to trade for him at that same deadline. Um, and I think they were trying to, but it just materialized. Cause obviously you needed good defensive players and guys that can space the floor. So he fit that bill as far as what would fit with uh, Vujicic and Zach. Um, DeMar I didn't even have a thought, you know, about as far as we could get him or we would go after him. And then eventually I was like, he's still available, it'd be cool if they could get him. And then you heard the kind of, you know, conversation starting that, you know, that was a possibility. Um originally I didn't really think about that just because obviously like DeMar has a completely different style of game compared to Zach. He's more of a that mid range guy and Um, not really as great as an off-ball player, but he's a good decision-maker with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, I mean, those are the type of things I thought. You know, they would go out, get Lonzo, and maybe another uh three that could really stretch the floor. So, leading into that
0: final year of Zach's contract, the 2021-22 season where, you know, Bulls get off to that really hot start, you know, and it, it seemed like things were kind of turning a corner there. I remember this conversation kind of happening a lot with Bulls Nation um, heading into that season that should Zach be trying to take some type of extension. At that point, it wasn't even discussion about a max contract, but there was discussions about, do you extend him? Will he be willing to take less than the max? You know, he was just at that point, one time all star that year. He ends up getting you know the the second all star nod. Do you think he would have been? open to taking an extension at that point or do you think he was gonna like he ended up betting on himself and winning i mean do you think there was ever a point where zach would have considered even taking a, an extension maybe for a little cheaper at that point
1: no i think he wanted that five-year max um i don't think he ever had that thought in his head that he would do that extension because I'm pretty sure he he signed with clutch before he got to that extension mm-hmm. period, right? Yeah. Yeah. The moment moment he signed with Clutch, it was, yeah, I'm going, I'm gunning for that five year max, trying to get more, you know, um money in my pocket and also like the, the endorsements and things like that. He he had that five year max in his mind. And I I I wasn't expecting any extension to get done uh because of that. Now at that point, would you have been, or were you, were
0: you even open to that idea as a Bulls fan, that maybe it would have been, I don't know, a wise move to consider moving off of Zach at that point. I know, remember, I used to listen to like, uh, you know, Black and Abdallah's show at night on ESPN One Thousand, and I know they at at that point were saying, trade Zach at the deadline. He's a an All Star. He's not a guy that you can win a title with as your as your number one max player. This is the time to trade him. And I remember like I thought that was kind of crazy um, given where the Bulls were at at that point, because, you know, again, they were like near the top of the Eastern Conference at that point. Um, so I, I like to me, it seemed crazy. I don't know. How crazy do you think that would have been if they entertained that? And do you think they should have maybe? thought about doing that i know know we have the benefit of hindsight now but like just curious what you think about that even being a
1: possibility back then well well i mean at at that time i don't remember them talking about it at that time i thought it was a year before when he was still on his like small deal he had like two years left or something like that and they thought they could probably trade him they kept it going for um, a while. I remember they. So I don't. I don't remember exactly when. I know. I mean, I know they've never really been Zach guys. Um, my thing was never about Zach as a number one. Like it was always about him being the number two, and you can keep trying to be competitive. Um, and then strike with iron, irons hot. Like I said, to see if you can get that star player if you build build a winning product in in Chicago. Um, and you act like a big market team and not just constantly trade away all stars because, you know, you're scared of paying them or, you know, they're not exactly number ones on a title team. Uh, I always hated that thought process. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I I was against trading Zach just because when, when he broke out that, that 20, I think it was 1920 was it 2021, um, twenty twenty one and made the All Star team. Yeah,
0: like, that was twenty one.
1: This high, like his efficiency, everything, like his shot making ability, like all that stuff, like got a lot better. It was there was like a stark difference between the year before to that season, and I was like, okay, now we can't trade this guy. He's really good. He's an All Star caliber player, and you want to get more All Stars on this team, not to trade it, keep trading away the All Stars that you have. So that. As soon as he made that jump, I was like, yeah, we have to keep Zach.
0: I know that they were they were on that kick for a while, and it started during the um, that the 72 game 2021 season when he made the All-Star team. They were saying, like, this is probably the best time to trade Zach. I think when they acquired Vooch, that's when they were really, I think, banging the drum was trade him at that deadline. Um, but I remember kind of kept continuing into the new year because I remember callers were saying they were nuts. And I remember Waddle and Sylvie even saying, like, you guys are nuts to think that, like, there's clearly a, a corner being turned. I think it gets into you. You're bringing up an interesting point. I think that's been a common theme in a lot of the other episodes that I've been recording here for this series is that it's sort of always coming back, I think, to this constant philosophy with the Bulls that. If you really want to take that next step up, it, it's more about trying to play with the big boys and maybe entering into that, you know, godforsaken luxury tax and, you know, trying to make some of these kind of more cutthroat moves to to acquire whoever that alpha star is. So you brought up a, another thing too, like about the discussion of, of max player, right? Like the, the number one type player that gets the max contract. And I I feel like there's like a semantical argument. It seems like a lot of the traditional newspaper writers, sports radio guys, they never seem to support the move of extending Zach on a max contract. I mean, we could I think there's been maybe some support of extending Zach, but extending him on a max contract that always seemed to trip certain people up. But it seems like in the podcasting realm, especially both podcasting realm, and with some of like the, the analytics writers and, and people that do a little more deep dives, it seemed like they backed that move of giving him a max contract based on where he was at at that point. And that you don't necessarily always pay guys that are like alpha number one superstars. They're not the only ones that get max contracts in the NBA. Even supporting guys can get those kind of deals. But it just seems like there's always this back and forth on that is he a max player i mean what's your stance on zach as a max level player do you define him as a max level player or do you think he played himself out of it like what's what's your thoughts
1: the time coming off of two all-stars he was uh he he according to the cba and how nba economics work Um, He has not lived up to it, no, at this point, considering um, one unfortunate thing being his injury. That's not his fault, but it still, you know, unfortunately has been a detriment uh, when he started up slow last season because he was working his way back in. Um, And then the Bulls, yeah, he hasn't, the Bulls haven't been able to win with him. And obviously there's other, Variables involved and why the Bulls haven't been able to win is not all Lanzac, but fact the matter is, like you look at this season, uh, the way he came in, he was playing selfishly. Like the he was very much, you know, had the mindset that he wanted out, and the Bulls have been better without him. So, so when you consider those little things, like yeah, he hasn't lived up to when the Bulls, what the Bulls extended him for, like he hasn't elevated. The team like we expected or we thought he could, and and elevated like we talked about not to be a contender but like at least to be consistently in the playoffs. Um. So yeah, at the end, like I said, there's other variables involved. I would see the front office, um, other moves that they made, and lack of, you know, and lack of addressing shooting, and. And lack of all these other things. And and other thing, too, I'll mention, too, is, is like, from last season, the way Billy wanted to play as far as getting the ball movement going, uh, a lot of quick decision-making, not holding on to the ball, uh, things like that. I mean, I think Zach was probably the least uh, accepting of playing like that, if you will. And it kind of becomes harder too when you, because I mean, there is times that the ball sticks in Demar's hand too, and when you have two guys like that, so maybe you know, in a scenario where if Demar was out and Zach was playing, maybe the ball moves a little bit too better. But yeah, you know, there was always that friction with him and Billy, and him not accepting that role, and wanting to play that way that we can, you know, get the offense to really start flowing. So, you know, all those little things, like, yeah, unfortunately, when you consider those things, he hasn't really lived up to that max contract. Um, and again, like I said, it's not, all, it's not all the variables involved that kind of made the Bulls worse, excuse me, a worse team, but like, yeah, he's definitely a part of it.
0: Why do you think at that time when he did sign for the Max that their worst, like, I brought up the the traditional newspaper sports radio guys. Why do you think those folks and, and you know some of the the fans in Bulls Nation. Why do you think some of them were so vehemently against giving him a max
1: at that time? Well right, you know he doesn't play defense. Like I mean, they they neglected the improvements that he did make um from a defensive end. But like yeah the whole he doesn't play defense and then again he's not um excuse me <laughs> excuse me, he's not a top five guy, you know, like the, he's not a number one official, an actual number one in a championship team or whatever, have you stuff like that? I think those are the like main culprits and reasoning why that they didn't want to extend him to the max.
0: I want to actually have a little fun here with like an alternate timeline. So let's say if you're in Acme shoes and you opt not to give Zach a contract, um, you're just like, you know what? Just reading the tea leaves. I There's no way this is going to work. He's demanding that max contract. We need to, you know, cut our losses. Now, if you were in Acme shoes at that point and you made that decision, what do you think the bulls would have done with the situation that they were in, given the additions they made that summer before, like, I'm always curious, like if they had not done that, what could they have done? Um, to try to upgrade the roster without Zach
1: Levine. You mean the the season that they already had DeMar and Lonzo? Yep. Like what could yeah, you I have mean done? I don't know. I'm not sure because he had that knee issue before the trade deadline, and I don't know what you could have gotten for him going into off season where he's a free agent. And he wants a max. Um, I'm not sure what they could have done at that point. I, if there was an ever conversation about trading Zach, it would have had to have been right when they took over as mm-hmm. as the front office, because, like I said, at that time he had what like two years left on his cheap deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could have, you know, at that time you probably could have gotten really good value for him. Um, you could have gotten probably a young. A, a decent, a good young player, and probably a couple of picks um, at that time. But now, or at, at, fast forward to that that moment, the the timeline that you're talking about, when he must like the knees start flaring up, and like, it was like it, it was a it was going into that trade deadline. <laughs> excuse me, going into that trade deadline, I I don't think any team would have really given up a, a lot for him. And you're basically kind of at a point where it was either extending him or if you let him walk, you're basically left with nothing because it's not like the Bulls had cap space. Uh, with if they didn't extend him, uh, they only would have had like the mid level exception to use. I mean, maybe a sign in trade could have been worked out. Uh, if like LA was still interested in him at that time, or they probably would have been more interested in at that time. And maybe a, a sign trade for that could have been worked out, but yeah, the the knee stuff probably just always put a little, uh, you know, a cap on what the Bulls could really do because the risk of it too. Would a team want to take the risk of trading for Zach, well, sign and trade for Zach because he's coming off that knee surgery in the off season? Um. Yeah, so I, I just don't know. I don't. I don't think he like they had a lot of control of what they could really do because of that. Not now if he had. now if he had. You know, because con- he ha- He was having a really strong season up mm-hmm. till that knee flared up. He was like, if you looked at hit like in the clutch situation, and obviously that clutch situation is any uh, five points or less in the last um, five minutes of a game. Like, and you look at his numbers compared to Demar they were identical uh-huh. in that clutch situation so unfortunately you know when that knee flared up everything if not then the knee doesn't flare up maybe you have you know a, more interest for Zach and maybe the Acme could have been like okay well maybe we can pivot here and do a sign and trade and we can get some good value for him so to another team that get wants the wants to give him the max but yeah, it just unfortunately, they had very little things they could do because of that knee. Yeah,
0: it's a great point that you're bringing up about that knee in- injury too, because it did happen right around that that deadline. And I, it was funny in, in another episode we kind of talked about, um, you know, what had happened with Lonzo because the injury happened around the same time with Lonzo. Same day. It was the same. Same day. game. It was the same yeah. day game. Yeah, well, the Warriors and, at home. And you kind of looked at it like if you thought who would have had more long term. You know, damage at that point. You thought that Zach's looked
1: worse when it happened in the moment compared to well, to Lonzo's. Yeah. Well, not 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 neither looked really that bad because like remember Zach had that um visit with the doctor, and then also he's like, I'm in mean, like he he's sent out this like tweet or on Instagram or something about how like it seemed like everything was fine mm-hmm. and he and he could just, you know, get some procedure done in off season, and he could be good to go. And he would just have to work his way, like, like stuff like that. Lonzo's was like they said six to, eight, you know, he he would be reevaluated six to eight weeks from that day that he got this surgery, and then it just kept getting yeah. push, 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 push. But like neither of them looked like anything that would be like a long term. Only Lonzo's ended up really being a long term issue.
0: I guess the point I'm making is I remember the replay on TV and like we caught Zach's like Zach's was evident when you um, saw it. And then like right, right. Lonzo's, I, I don't even know if there was a replay. It was sort of like, Oh, he's out with knee soreness. um, Cause that was against the warriors. I think on an ESPN broadcast and it was so like, it was just bizarre. Like how, how all that shook out. But I think the, to get back to the original question about, you know, what would you have done? I guess my question reason i'm asking it is it sort of paints that picture like i think you were sort of in a position where you had no choice you were going Mm -hmm. to re-sign zach no matter what given the type of roster you built like i think Mm -hmm. coming out of that season you were there really wasn't another choice um it was really it would have made sense you extend zach give him that max contract and then that should have been your summer to grow a pair and go in the luxury tax, but I think we we know that they're they have this odd blockage; they can't do it. But I right think that would have made the most sense that off season.
1: Yeah, know. for sure it would have, and I, I mean, doing more than just the continue. <laughs> excuse me, the continuity co- thing that they kept doing over and over again, because they didn't remember they didn't make any big moves that trade deadline either. They just mm-hmm. Left the roster as is, and all of a sudden the Bulls kept, you know, almost fell out of the top six, and now had to do that play in, and luckily, you know, they were able to clinch the sixth seed. But yeah, and then, then, and then in the off season, they just extended Zach and did those little minimum signings. Got Drummond and and Goran, um, and they didn't really add. They they went in in that offseason said you know we're gonna get rim protection and add shooting and they did not do either of those things mm-hmm. uh, at that time at that offseason. Um, so yeah, it's just they've they've continuously this front office. Oh, oh, excuse me, sorry, I have this like annoying cough. Um, if that you can't already tell, um, but um, yeah, they've they've just been very. Like gun shy to make major moves to really shake up the roster and they just kept doing those small minimal things they, even this past offseason it was small moves like mm-hmm. on the margins that they really did uh, to address the roster not any not any major moves and now obviously they're trying to make major moves uh, but the the market's not been very friendly to them
0: I definitely want to get into that market in a little bit before we wrap up but the way you just described that paints an interesting picture because I don't know. I think this whole max contract could have been salvaged very easily where I think instead of turning, you know, Zach almost into this like villainous figure, I think it easily could have been salvaged with larger improvements to, to the roster. It's unfortunate. Like we've gotten to this point where, you know he's sort of being painted as as this this kind of guy. I mean, it kind of goes back more to decisions from your front office, decisions from your ownership that really I think should be more in the crosshairs than than Zach. So I want to wrap up on this question as it stands today because we're recording this here. We're heading into the new year, and you mentioned like the market's not really you know as robust as we probably think it should be for Zach, but what do you think is, you know, a fair realistic return if the bulls do indeed trade Zach heading into the deadline?
1: I think like what's fair for Zach's talent is a maybe like a couple of picks that maybe are some protections on them and a, a decent young player. Um, but unfortunately, obviously, the Bulls are barely getting, like, the Bulls aren't even able to get Austin Reeves from the Lakers for him. Like, that right now, I think the offers they're getting is, I don't even, I don't know if, if I think the it was, like, D'Lo, Ru, Rui, Hachimara, and then, like, I think the twenty ninety nine pick being, like, protected. Um, and that's obviously, that's not a good, you know, return at all. Uh, for Zach and obviously I like I I have no interest in any parts of D'Angelo Russell. I would hope that the Bulls could like flip him somehow if they ended up doing that trade. But it, it, and in general it doesn't seem like the Lakers are really interested in Zach. It seems like they're interested in DeMar and, and and Caruso. That's what transpired and I'm not sure what interest there are in Zach to be honest. Like we're we're kind of seeing um not too long ago, you know, they had that report where you know where where clutch was like, Well, you know, he's not only demanded to go to LA, he would be open to Sacramento, or even if the Bulls changed their minds and wanted to go along with him. Because I think a part of me wondered if you know seeing the lack of interest in him and wanting to trade for him kind of made Zach eat some humble humble pie. And be like, okay, well, maybe I can still come back and try to be a team player or whatever. I don't know, but it, it it at this point, you know what what we think is a fair offer and things I said versus like what is actually being offered for him. It it doesn't seem um even close to like you know, like essentially the Bulls are uh, at at a point of getting really junk back for him and. They make go, and, and I know, um, I think Will Gottlieb had tweeted out about how the Bulls might ter- end up doing some kind of, like, you know, tax save or cap-saving move, you know, trying to just save money on his deal and just trade him for, like, expirings or contracts that, end, you know, end sooner and not really get any, like, just get a couple role players. I think there was, like, that. Uh, somebody had tweeted out uh from the Pistons and Joe Harris and I think uh Bogdanovich, mm. which would like be you know it would cut a lot of salary for them after this off season, and then like one of the I think Joe Harris's deal expires in in two years. Uh, versus Zach, who has four more years left. But yeah, I think, like I said, we're, we're kind of the Bulls are kind of in a really bad spot because right now no one really sees any value in Zach as especially with how the Bulls have played better without him. Yeah. What would you want to do? Like if it were up
0: to you, if you were in their shoes, would you bother making any of those kind of trades for just junk to get expiring contracts and, and maybe some draft capital or... Would you try to make it work?
1: Can you get second rounders? Because here's the thing, like, we we keep saying, you know, we want this for Zach, but we're not going to move him unless we get this offer. And last offseason, when they tried to move him, maybe they were getting, like, a pick and a young player. But they said, no, we want this many picks and this type of deal. And, you know, his value has consistently gone down, 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 down. Like, my only worry would be, you're kind of at a point where um at a point where you're not going to get anything for him and maybe his value will keep decreasing to a point where you can only trade him for another really bad contract. What if that comes up to become to a play? Like, okay, the only way we can move Zach is if we take this guy's three year, four year deal um type of thing. Um that's my only concern, you know? Um, like maybe the if the Pistons were offering that. I know it's it sucks to say, but if they're offering that bo- bogey and Joe Harris, and then maybe we can sneak a second round, a, a couple of seconds, and uh, protected first out of that. I mean, ideally, I would love to have Jaden Ivey, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's basically a point where I think you have to move him now because of the. Reality, like that, Kobe and Pat and all these guys are playing so much better with him out of the lineup, and the fact that okay, his deal, his value could realistically get worse. Mm. I mean, it's it's I don't I don't know if we're at rock bottom with his value.
0: I know I, I tend to like vacillate back and forth. It's it's a tough call.
1: I mean, I I, w- I would not want to be in their shoes right now. Like, yeah, no, hundred percent, like. Gotten. That 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 was my only feel like you. Let's say you go into this like let's say he comes back, and the Bulls don't play better. They just still they go back to reverting back to this terrible team, and you know often starts looking disoriented again. Um, and then in the off season, it's like okay, well if you if you want us to trade Zach, you may have to throw in a pick, or we'll only give you Zach for this really other terrible deal that we have on our roster and this other terrible deal to combine to match his salaries. And then we can trade for him. But otherwise, we're not trading for Zach, you know, type of thing. That's my only other fear. It's like we thought we thought if we held out, we could get what we wanted, but it's not happened, right? It has, it's just gotten worse. And mm-hmm. I don't know what reason to believe it really believe that it'll get better Mm -hmm. i don't i don't i don't i don't think the i don't think there is any sign that it could get better well this is a great note to end on very um, but i mean it's the truth man (laughs) it's like no i I, just that's what my fear is that that's generally my fear like you, you if you if you bring zach back and like i said things start looking bad again with like you know like Kobe starts you know struggling or Pat starts struggling to play the way he's been playing, you know and 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 the wins stop happening. Yeah, it's- what you're, it could that could that could happen, and then again, like I said, you go into off season and you're then you're getting worse offers than you were even getting now. Yeah, it, well,
0: it's the ultimate double-edged sword because it's not only tanking his trade value, but it's also screwing what you might be able to salvage with this season, which is seeing guys like Kobe and Pat get those valuable touches and actually start to show you maybe they can be part of your next core, right? Like that's yeah. At the very least, you want to be able to see that. And if Zach coming back hurts that, it's also killing you as as a franchise doing that, where yeah. you know, and, I, and, and you kill. And maybe values. it doesn't,
1: and maybe it doesn't. Maybe you know he he comes in and does the things that we need, and Kobe and Pat continue to play as well as they have been. But I don't know. I just like we've we did this before already. Like we're thinking, well, you know, we're gonna hold strong until we get the offer we need for Zach, and it just kept getting it just kept getting worse. So. I just, I I think they're, like I think the reality of what this Zach situation is is I think you just gotta, kind of take it as a sunk cost and, and just move on and and you know I Zach very well could go to his next team and and you know if he goes to L A if it happens to be the Lakers him being like that third guy off of LeBron and AD. I think he'll definitely start looking a lot better and people will be like, oh, it's actually good. And he is good. But people mm-hmm. will just finally realize, oh, yeah, he's good. Um, or I think the other team was like Philly, rumored uh, that they might be interested in him. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, I just think at, at this point, you, you kind of have to just do the deal that, that you can, the best that you can get from him at this point.
0: Wrapping up the discussion here on on this topic. So the decision to max Zach Levine in 2022. If you had to put a letter grade on it for Acme,
1: what would that letter grade be? At the time, B. It was a B, B plus. Like it's a, it's. I mean, it's it was it wasn't like you were extending a, a all NBA caliber player at like who was a you know all NBA first team. Like a Derrick Rose type of extension, it wasn't that you know a guy that was an MVP caliber player. That was not obviously would have been a plus keeping your you know MVP. But I mean, it was a B plus. Like at the time, it was it made sense. Like I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my 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 mind on hindsight on what happened at that time. Um, I think at the time it made sense to extend him, but I just you know for various reasons and some on Zach and not, and some and other stuff is not on Zach. It's just not worked out. I do think Zach does deserve some of
0: that blame. I think Billy Donovan deserves some of that blame. And I do think like, I'm kind of with you on this, that BB plus seems like a fair evaluation of that decision. If you want to start grading the off season or lack of off season moves in 2022 and lack of moves at the deadline in 23 and small moves made on the margins in 23. We could talk about different grades there for sure. Like, I think that's where right. a lot of this, I think you got to kind of move the crosshairs in that direction. Well, I appreciate you coming on to, to talk about this. I think it's, it again, it's an interesting topic because I think on the surface, this one always gets a lot of attention of, of why would you max out Zach? Like, that's still something... Um, I know we were talking a little bit offline before the show. I'm still listening to a lot of sports radio. And the one thing is like, this still continues to be a topic. Like it's brought up of, you know, this is what happens when you give Zach a max contract. It's still used as sort of the, the main narrative. And to me, it's, it's a broader discussion, I think on other types of moves real quick, Salim, I know probably most of our listeners listen to to bulls gold, but if not, where can they find it? Where can they find and and
1: follow you and, and the great work you're doing? All right. Yeah. Just uh you can find Bulls Goal on all major and minor podcast platforms. Um you can find them under the bar room as well. Um and you can follow me at Salim underscore BG Hoops. Uh yeah, I mean, I'm basically tweeting my random thoughts on the team there and Uh, we've we've had a we've missed a couple of weeks just because our our ed and i schedule hasn't been able to uh, work out just because of the holidays um but we we should probably be back to doing an episode next week sometime i think awesome
0: well you guys are always doing great work love bulls gold podcast is one of my top listens every every season and even during the off season and always appreciate you taking the time to come on and Thank you for coming on to, to do this
1: topic today. I, know, I appreciate you having me, man. I really do.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.